Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we'll be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, I'm joined by football writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshaw, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As mentioned earlier in the intro, uh, this week I'm joined by football writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Robshall. Hi, Leon. Hello there. Hi. Um, right. First topic of discussion for this week um, looks at Sheffield Wednesday, uh, and they have recently completed the signing of left-back Jaden Brown from Huddersfield Town. Um, my question to you, Leon, is what can he actually bring to the side this season? Well, I think first first of all, Mark, he uh, needs to get his get his career um, going again. It, it stalled a little bit at, at Huddersfield. He just, I think, he only made two starts in, uh, in all competitions uh, last year, there were a few people seemed to be, uh, you know, ahead of him in the queue. And Harry Toffel got obviously got injured in, in January, and you thought he might get a bit more of an opportunity, but but it, it didn't transpire. In the previous season, in you know 2019-20, he had a decent season. But there's a, there's certainly a player in there. He's he's got good pedigree. He's Represented England at youth level. He was on uh, on the books at uh, Tottenham Hotspur, so there's there's certainly calibre there. He en- he enjoys um, going forward. He's an offensive sort of sort of left sided defender, and he'll he'll give another option to to Sheffield Wednesday. But I think they need. Well, he's he's made no bones about it. Has he? Dar- Darren Moore. He was speaking recently, saying that there was still nowhere near it in terms of in terms of recruitment. And they've obviously got a lot of you know off the field is- is- issues there. There's not going to be a great deal to to play with them. They're going to have to you know pretty much be restricted to the to the sort of low low market and the free free agent market. They've they've signed two or three in that in that regard. They've, they've brought Jaden in, uh, Dennis uh, uh, Denny Rand from from Everton. Uh, he's also come in, and but they definitely need to do a lot more work. Um, they've been linked with Jack Hunt. He he used to play for for Wednesday, and obviously Huddersfield. He's a free agent after leaving Bristol City. That would be an interesting signing, you know, in terms of um, if they could bring him in and, and sort out a deal to to sign him. But they're they're a, they're a fair way off Wednesday, and obviously they're gonna uh, they're sort of pitted right into it. If you like, when the season starts, we've got a tough opener at. At Charlton, they've got early derbies against uh, Doncaster and, and Rotherham. And their actual first competitive game is it's on the on the first of August mm. when they play Huddersfield in the Carabao Cup. That's been brought forward, so that that could be an interesting one in regards to Brown potentially f- facing his former club and and Jordan Rhodes as well. But uh, I mean, in answer to your question, he's got he's got a, a certain amount of, of pedigree, Brown, but he needs to be. He needs to be kicking on again. Uh, this is a you know it's a big season for him, but in that regard, Darren Moore's 
you know, he's shown he can sort of relight the fires of, of young players' careers. He's, a, he's an extremely good coach. And let's hope for, for Jaden's benefit and Sheffield Wednesday that he can he can kick on again. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned Jordan Rhodes um, in in your response. Um, that, that's where we're yep. looking at net, uh, next um, at Huddersfield Town. Uh, my question is, how could he help them going into next season and how... Could he actually fit into Carlos Corberan's plans after signing for them? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I interviewed Jordan and last week, and you know he's a, he's a he's a smashing lad. He's obviously done it tough in the last few years at, at Sheffield Wednesday. He went there, huge fee on his head, and it it just didn't consistently happen for him, did it? And I think it probably did hit hit his confidence along the way. I mean, they do say never go back, but I I, I think they you know in terms of following his head and his heart that Huddersfield ticked a hell of a lot of boxes they clearly wanted him they were linked with they linked with him for a good few months um, before he left Sheffield Wednesday obviously his contract um, ran down and he was on he was on big terms there and they were never going to renew it so you know the interest had been there a good while I, I think the you know the hierarchy of H- Huddersfield had obviously made overtures and sort of said to Jordan look we really want you we can galvanise your career again and I mean the, his first spell was incredible there wasn't it at the start of his career he scored something like uh, I think it was 87 goals in nearly 150 games and I think he's already the club's 7th or 8th all time record scorer so he had some stellar times in his in his career there along with Blackburn he obviously left there for big money um, in, in, in 2012 in terms of how he fits in, it is a little bit of a of an interesting one. I mean, I, I did um, speak to Jordan about that. You know, he he, he has been sort of pigeonholed. Um, I think probably a little bit unfairly, just purely being a goal scorer. That's all he does. He gets on the end of things. Um, he's got clever movement, finishes finishes chances. But I think mean, the accusation has been that what else does he does he bring to the to the party? But I, I think he was quite. I think he was quite right as well to stress it. There is more more to him than Dan meets the eye. He, he does sort of pride himself on on his work rate and effort. Yes, he's not he's not lightning fast, but I think he you know he does work hard on that other side of his game as well, which you know is so important in the modern day game that that hold up play, um, you know pressing when his team haven't got the ball and the all round work rate, and yeah, I think he's he's keen to show that as much as you know his, his finishing qualities and and that he's purely not just just not not a sort of box man who just just finishes off things because obviously the style of play at Huddersfield is it's very dynamic and, and intense and you know it expends a, a lot of energy so it will be fascinating in that regard to see how how he fares but I, I think it is a little bit too simplistic to say that he's just going to get on the end of things and, and He's a goal scorer. I think to be a regular in in Corbron's side, you're going to need sort of more than that. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was quick to talk about his you know his running statistics and how he prides himself on those sort of things. So, but it would be obviously nice if he got a few goals early early doors. You know, when you go to a new club, that's just the first thing that you want. And obviously, in terms of Jordan, just giving him that immediate boost. And obviously, supporters will be back as well, getting them on side. Mm. So, yeah, I think there's, I think there is more, more to him than, than meets the eye. And he's, he's a smashing lad. 
and uh, you know I, I really hope things can can turn for him. Mm. So the the way that it, it's sort of shaping up for Jordan Rhodes is where we can expect to see a fair amount of variety from him, not just with regards to goal scoring, but possibly creating chances. And... Yeah, he's going to have to link. He's, he's you know, in terms of linking up play, sometimes going out wide. And I think he has sort of developed his, his sort of game in that regard. I mean, he had a good season. The one sort of productive season he did have was when he was, was on loan at Norwich City a few years ago. And he seemed to develop other aspects of his of his game there. And I, I, I do think it's a, it's a good move for Jordan. Huddersfield have shown a lot of faith in him as well. He's 31 years old. Hmm. They've given him a three-year deal. You know, speaking to Jordan, he's, 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 he's so happy being back there. He was speaking about, you know, when he goes to training every day, he's got, a, you know, a smile on his face. And I think I think it's just a bit of a, a, bit of a weight has been lifted on, uh, from his shoulders. It's, you know, it's a great move for him. He doesn't live too far away from, from the area as well. He's obviously nice and settled in, in that regard. And... Let's just hope he can he can sort of rewind the clock a little bit in in that respect. And mm. there's been a fair bit of goodwill on. I know he doesn't go on social media, but a fair bit of goodwill from from the town supporters who obviously remember what he was like in you know in his first spell at the club. I think it's a little bit um, maybe putting a lot on his shoulders to expect him to to hit those heights again. But he'll certainly be not short of of goodwill from the town supporters who, who, who need a bit of something to cling on to themselves because it's been a tough few years, hasn't it? Mm. You know, if you, if you factor in the relegation a few years ago, they've, they've had three difficult seasons. You know, obviously the last couple have been a bit transitional one and they're trying, sort of readjusting. They're getting rid of a lot of the Premier League signings who are on, on big money and they're, and they're hoping to build something again. And I, I know Jordan's desperate to be part of something positive at, you know, the, the last sort of big move of his career if you like mm. yeah um, I, I mean I, I can see where you're coming from I, at, at his age for him to be given that much trust from Huddersfield Town it's it's a yeah. great boost and hopefully yeah. he really is able to sort of repay them uh, during this second spell yeah absolutely I think there's you know there's one of those as well as an actual age element um, to take into account as well he's you know, he's he's thirty one. He's probably got a bit more wily in in, in his play and a bit more savvy and, and experienced. So, you know, he probably learnt a few tricks of the, of the trade along the way. So, you know, like I've said, just to pigeonhole hold him as just someone who just gets on the end of things. I think in the modern day game, you've got to have a bit more more to that. And certainly, in in terms of the style of play that that Carlos Corbran and, and, and Huddersfield, in terms of the ethos, what they what they're sort of all about hmm. and uh, the next topic of discussion looks at Harrogate Town um, who have swooped up two new defenders in the form of Nathan Sharon and Lewis Page and my question to you is which I, I can imagine the Harrogate Town faithful will, will be asking as well is uh, what can they expect uh, when they get going next season for, from these two yeah, they're just two two new options as well, aren't they? I mean, uh, the the one that sort of struck my eye really was bringing in uh, Rory Rory McArdle. Obviously, he's a senior centre half. He used to be had success at Bradford City, just down the road. He, he's thirty four, and you know these two lads who've who've come in. 
I think one, I think one's, I think they're sort of twenty five and twenty two. They can really learn off of somebody like like Rory, who probably you know he'll occupy that sort of leadership berth in in the middle of of the back four and. And I know that Lewis Pays will have played with him quite a bit at Exeter as well last season, so they know a little bit about each other. And it's been, an, I think, it's been a steady off season for Harrogate. I think they brought six or seven in, haven't they? They've, you know, they brought some younger players, the likes of you know, you mentioned Nathan Sharon, and you know, one one or two others, but some senior heads as well. They brought you know McCardle in, he's thirty four. They brought Mark Mark Oxley, who's well known to the area. He's Obviously, pedigree from his time with Holland and Rotherham. He's thirty. He played a lot of years at at, at Southend. So that's another senior option at the in the back five for Harrogate as well. You know, in terms of a, a senior goalkeeper, and we've got a senior centre half in in McCardle. You know, stacks of football league experience to help the sort of younger players along the way. I, th- I think they've got a nice. A nice blend, uh, Harrogate. They obviously lost John Stead at the end of last season, that, that experienced figure, but, you know, McArdle will, will sort of fill the vacuum there. They've got some older heads, they've got some senior, some senior players who've played a long time and have been part of the journey in the, in the National Leagues, the likes of, you know, Burrell and Josh Falkenham. Then they've got emerging players. And, you know, as a club, without putting too much on the shoulders, they'll look at what are the... T- other similar sized clubs. You look at the Forest Greens and and the Morecambe's Accrington. Look at what they've done, and Harrogate will think incre- incrementally. You know, in a few years' time, why can't we be doing something like that? But hmm. you know, I suppose first things first. Another season of establishing themselves, maybe in in League Two, and looking a looking a bit more upward and getting a bit of form again because the sort of the form did tail off a little bit. Uh, you know, the back end of of last season, but there will be obviously a new dynamic there with hopefully supporters allowed back. You know, they weren't really part of the the journey last term. So hopefully Harrogate will be energised by that. They've been quite proactive in the signings, they've refreshed the squad and, you know, let's hope they can have another another strong season. There's no reason why they can't. No, uh, exactly. And uh, going into this season, um, after uh, being able to keep hold of Simon Weaver, um, yeah, I, I yeah. can imagine the the fans will be more than up for um, uh, for seeing what they can produce this season. Yeah, I mean he's a you know he's 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 an institution at Harrogate, isn't he? But and also a very a very shrewd, hard working and, and and good manager. Mm. You know, he's been a big reason him and his him and his managerial team, Paul Thurwell as well huge part of the success there over the years. It, it always seems to be a happy camp, does, does Harrogate. The the focus, the together, they realise they're on, you know, on a on the footage of dis- discovery, if you like, and hopefully there's a there's a few more chapters to go and you know the the mix the the, the mix looks it looks a good one. Mm. And you know, they will be energised by supporters returning next term. Yeah. And like I say they've looked at other clubs as well who've you know, similar sized club who've, who've who've progressed, and there's no reason with a fair win that they can't do the same. I don't think. Hmm. And um, our next topic of discussion looks at uh, Doncaster, um, who have brought in a familiar face uh, for next season in the form of former yeah. captain Tommy Rowe for a second spell. Yeah. 
Uh, and my question to you is, how do you think Doncaster are going to make the most out of his return to the club? I think it's timely in the regard that, obviously, James Coppinger, you know, and another, talking about institutions, an institution at, at Doncaster, he obviously retired after uh, the end of last season from playing-wise, after, was it something like 17 seasons, wasn't it? You know, 40-year-old. And I remember, I remember covering the game against Hull in, in February when he when he scored that free kick at the end. And, God, that was that was really story. But, obviously, um, James has retired. And Andy Butler as well, he obviously had the spell as, as interim manager at the end of last season after Darren Moore went also on, on the playing books. He's moved on as well. So, you know, there's probably a little bit of a, of a, a void there in terms of experience, although they have got one or two sort of players who've been around a little bit. But in, in terms of that really senior figure and someone that people look up to, he really does fit that that brief. Tommy, I've, I've been lucky to interview him quite a bit over, over the years and he's another really good uh, really good sound lad a good talker speaks a lot of sense he's very focused and, and driven and he, I think he's one of those you could see further down the line you know going on into into coaching and management so and he's a, and I think first and foremost he's a damn good player as well mm-hmm. he's obviously captain of the club in his previous spell that, that had success you know he's, he's Last sort of competitive kick was, you know, Fanzel, who won't like me for telling him this, it was obviously in the playoff second leg semi final at Charlton when he when he missed um, one of the penalties in the, in the shootout. But, you know, all things considered, he, he had a, a great time at Doncaster first time around. A good player who was adaptable, experienced, um, good in the dressing room, um, technically very good on the pitch. And, and a leader, and I think it's a really you know smart signing. I, I, I spoke to Tommy as well recently, and he, I, I spoke to him about that experience, filling that little bit of a vo- little bit of a gap, and you know he's saying he really wants to, to play on as long as he can. I think he's thirty three in in September, and he's one of those players. He, you know, he's a he's a great professional. Lots of previous managers have, have all said that. You know, like Darren Ferguson and and Grant McCann, top top professional. He really looks after himself, and you know, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason why he, he can't go on playing for you know a fair few seasons yet. You know, he's also spoken about about um, James Copper, who I know he spoke to before coming back to Doncaster. He's obviously conscious about how how long he's played in his career and what a great career, he, career he's had. You know, and even reference, you know, maybe playing on until his late thirties and uh, you know forty, and he's he's that's if those it's those sort of figures who actually you know will do that. Hmm. You know, the ones who are really top professionals look after this look after themselves. You know, twenty four seven. You know, he, he fits into that regard, Tommy, and you know, a, a smart signing as well. I mean, Doncaster have done a fair bit of a fair bit of business already. I think they've brought I think six or seven. I think it's about seven. The, you know, filled a fair few gaps. I think there's still one or two to to fill. You know, maybe they might have to, um, some might have to go out before some um, head head in. But it looks like I know they could probably still do with a with a goalkeeper and maybe another you know defensive midfielder. And there's been talk of of a left wing. But they've done uh, you know they've done pretty well in terms of the recruitment, Doncaster. And they, they have done that in the last few close seasons, and they've they've supported Richie Wellens who. You know, I think his dynamic with with Rowe will be important as well. They they both started out at Manchester uh, United, 
both from similar parts of the world. Um, you know, professional had great, great careers, but also straight, straightforward and straight talking and driven. And I think the the, the vibes and the dynamic between Wellens and and Rowe will be an important one for Doncaster going forward. Hmm. It, it will be very interesting to see how those two link up um, along with the rest of the uh, the squad around them, and especially with um, Tommy Rowe's experience of driving a team forward and leading them through yeah. through every game. Yeah. It, it's going to yeah. be very interesting to see how uh, Doncaster are able to progress this season with him sort of at, at, yeah. at the range. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, think you're, I think you're right, Mark. I mean, I think you've also got to factor in they had a, they had a terrible final third of last season, didn't they, after <laughs> Darren Moore went. I mean, it just everything just went, went to pieces, didn't it? There were, you know, I think at the start of January, really, there were... They were in the mix for automatic promotion, and they ended up finishing, you know, halfway. I think it was just below halfway, wasn't it? Roughly halfway. Mm-hmm. So you know, the form totally fell off a cliff, and they obviously had a bit of a change change around in in the summer. They've got a new manager in, and you know, they'll be keen to get some uh, re- results early on to you know build build a little bit of confidence. But he's, uh, I know Richie Wellens quite well, he's, he'll certainly back himself, he wants to build something at, at Doncaster, he's a, he's a streetwise operator, he, he, he'll he want to play the sort of football that Doncaster fans will want to see, he was obviously a part of that, well, the, probably the best Doncaster side ever under Sean O'Driscoll, in the, um, in the late noughties, and they were, you know, they were obviously labelled as the Arsenal of the North, weren't they, by, by John Ryan, they played some tremendous passing football, so, Wellens will get time off the Rovers fans. He's one of the best ever players who, who's represented the club. Um, you know, hopefully he can get some. He can show his style of play and get some results early to settle things down. But it's going to be a hell of a tough division, League One, mm. this this season. I know it's difficult, sort of times with, with with COVID and one thing and the other, and you know, financially for a lot of clubs. But there's still a fair few. I spoke to one or two managers. There's there's a lot of clubs at League One level who are throwing money at it this year. You know, we're desperate to get get up into the Championship where there's so many uh, so many former Premier League clubs, and you know, you, you look at there's some huge clubs there, and you, you know, you, your TV money's a lot bigger, and you know, with with the crowds as well. I mean, for a club like Doncaster, you know, going up to the Championship, a lot of the teams that play, you know, they, they, they'd be full of weigh-ins every every week, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. At keep up, but. There's a hell of a lot of it's a hugely competitive division this year, League One. Hmm. There's you know the likes of there's 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 the Ipswiches of this world, there's the Charlton's, there's Sunderland's, um, Bolton and Wigan as well. They're putting a bit more money at it, so hugely competitive. Um, I mean, first of all, Doncaster need to sort of consolidate, steady the ship again. But you know they've had some they've had some little sort of flurries at it, haven't they? The last few seasons, obviously under Grant McCann a couple of years ago, they got in the playoffs and they were, they were in the, in the sort of promotion mix for certainly the first half of last season, if not a bit longer. So, and, you know, let's hope they can, they can sort of be certainly, you know, be around, around that playoff mix under Richie, but, you know, time will tell. And, um, Turning our attention to Barnsley, uh, uh, Marcus Shop, the new manager, has said that the club has no plans to sell any more players and are targeting replacements for those experienced figures who have left, particularly yeah. Mowat. Um, and mm. with another playoff campaign, the target for the season, 
Um, what kind of player do you think they'll be looking at to fill the gap left by the likes of Alex Mowat uh, um, and their departure? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, first of all. Is there going to be somebody in-house there? That's that's one consideration. I mean, the club obviously brought uh, Herbie came in and they spent spent a decent amount of money on him last last autumn. I mean, it was something like £1.25 million from Liverpool. There was a fair bit of fanfare surrounding that. Obviously, Herbie had done well in in, in League One on loan at, uh, at uh, Doncaster. I remember him having a great game at, at Barnsley a few years ago. So you, you just wonder if it's, if it's his time. They've invested a lot of sort of um, faith in him. Obviously, Alex has gone to to West Brom. Barnsley offered him a pretty good deal, but they just ultimately they just cannot compete with with the resources of, of clubs like West Brom and several others who were in the mix of signing. You know, there were likes of Forest and Middlesbrough, one mm-hmm. or two others. Um, yeah, I mean, is is this going to be Kane's time? He, he he obviously was stymied a bit by injury in the last sort of part of of the season and, and couldn't sort of you know contribute to that playoff bus it's now going to be his time we, we, we'll probably need to find out really I mean the, the early signs of of, of uh, shop is that obviously going to be similarities in terms of the style with with Ismail and Ger- Gerhard Struber they'll, they'll be you know the intensity and the, and, and the pressing but one or two signs they might play a little bit more football you know f- uh, f- through the middle you know that could potentially um, suit Kane I mean he's there's certainly a player in there he 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 likes to show his prowess at, at set play, set plays and you know a bit of bit of a playmaker. That's what he sees himself as. And there's a huge opportunity for him, you know, to impress. But I wonder as well. I mean, there's been a lot of conjecture about Callum Styles. I mean, he, Ismail seemed to always want to use him at the you know on that web um, wing back position. Was reluctant to push him inside. Once or twice in pre season so far, he has been brought into a central role and. I actually still think when push comes to shove, he won't admit it. But I think Callum, that's where he he would certainly like to play, and you know it's where he played in his formative years at at Bury, and you know that 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 could be an answer there. I mean, in, in terms, obviously, Barnsley are trying to trying to get uh, you know get some new new bodies in. They've only brought Devante Cole so far. Uh, you know, going up front, Obi um, Alar is the one they're sort of trying to broker a deal for, and hopefully that'll get over the, the line at some point. He could potentially be a light for light replacement for for Daryl DK, who's obviously gone back to the US after the end of last season. He offered that outlet in terms of pace, aggression, uh, and strength down the middle. So he wanted two areas as well. Obviously, Michael Solbauer has gone back to. Um, He's been allowed to go back to the continent to be closer to his family. Might be an argument to suggest bringing in another sort of senior head head defensively. So yeah, I think it's just a case of waiting and see what works out in terms of that midfield. There's there's a couple of candidates there, as I mentioned, in terms of Kane and um, and Styles. It's whether one of them can 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 prove, pull through. And uh, you know, throw the hat into the ring in terms of replacing Moat there, but it's it's certainly big shoes to fill, isn't it? Hmm. 
it's it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of formation and sort of structure Marcus Shop is able to sort of put together with with this uh, Barnsley team because um, I'm just remembering what um, Stuart and I were discussing last week um, after he yeah. had the first presser. He he seemed to be quite how should I say sort of vague about what he sort of plans with regards to. Uh, what kind of structure and format yeah, um, he, he yeah. plans for the team? I think he's used one or two, hasn't he, in, in his time in in Austrian football? I mean, it's it's going to be a crash course for for Marcus, isn't it? I mean, he you can obviously he's come into a club. He's, he's had a little bit at the time in pre-season. I mean, they're currently at, at Loughborough University, being put through the paces. You can play the the friendly games, but you know the demands of the championship are, are, are so much, aren't they? It's probably it's it's there's not many competitions in world football like it, so it's it, it will be a bit of a baptism of of fire for for shot when he when he comes in. It's got to got to hit the ground running, and I think you know you've got to be pragmatic sometimes, and you know be flexible and adaptable in in the way you set up. And he's obviously a, a new man, a new head coach coming in off the back of a successful season at Barnsley and they'll, you know, they'll want to get some early results to sort of keep that sort of feel-good um, fact, you know, factor there that they've that the built up at Oakwell. Mm. So I just think getting a few points on the board early on, however it happens, that'll be probably just as important as, as style. Maybe the, the style points can come a little bit later. And, you know, certainly at the in the final, well, in the second half of last season, Barnsley were... They were really successful at being results orientated, weren't they? And not too many fans were were, were too bothered when there was some criticism of the of, of the style. But I think the style, longer term, will you know, long medium term, will be important. But as as a new manager coming in, he'll need some results for you know, first and foremost to get a you know, continue that bit of momentum. Mm, definitely. And uh, our final discussion topic for this week um, looks at Rotherham United and, actually no, sorry, uh, uh, yeah, looks at Rotherham United but with regards to Darnell Fisher, um, yeah. who has recently signed with Neil Warnock and his uh, and his boys. Um, and uh, according to Neil Warnock, um, he will miss the whole of the upcoming season after a freak accident at home. And clearly, this is a massive blow to the player. But will this have serious uh, have a serious impact on um, on Neil Warnock's plans? Yeah, well, obviously, Darnell was well known to the area. He he did you know he, he had a had a spell at Rotherham before going to going to Preston, and obviously he, he came he came to Butter in in the win, in the winter window, and you know played a few games early on. But he, he did actually miss the. At the, at the end of last season, with a with a separate injury, I think. So it, it it's yes, it's a blow. I think I think Butter are. I mean, it depends how they want to play. They might play a three at the back or a four. Mm-hmm. You know, fortunately, you know, um, and Fernie Dyke Steeler was a massive player for for Butter last season. He was one of quite a few players who've been brought in previously under Jonathan Woodgate, who, who struggled, but. Underneath Neil Warnock, he seems to have galvanised them and uh, got the careers back on track. Dykesteel was a huge player for, for Borough last season. Warnock put his arm around him, really built him up and got his confidence back. So in terms of that right side of defensive option, he can sort of fit in there. Um, 
Uh, the interesting one is Jed Spence because he, he's another plays in a similar position to to, to Fisher right back. He can play a, a right wing back. There's been quite a bit of speculation that Butter might be might be sort of happy to to move him on to maybe generate some some funds in in the market because I don't think that it's fair to say there's not millions there at the, the middles, but it's not like he probably used to be. Wonder if he might be allowed to move on along with Hayden Coulson to give Warnock a bit more armory in the market, but uh, that that could be could be one to watch. I mean, he's, he's been he's been quite cute Warnock in the respect that obviously knew about the injury to Fisher and he's brought in somebody who probably a bit of a contingency plan, someone we knows really well. He's worked he's worked with at at Leeds United and and Cardiff in the shape of Lee Peltier. I mean. Obviously, Lee's thirty-four. Is you know, he's in the winter of his career, but he's, you know, he's one of those. Another one who was a big, big figure in the dressing room, and you know, a, a, a steady, proven championship operator, and someone who who won't let you down. So he'll be able to, you know, sort of fit into the into the breach potentially. And we've also got Dyke Steele as well. So i think butter do have have options in in that regard and they'll be wanting to I mean, in terms of the look looking further else they still need for me they still need some more bodies up front mm-hmm. i mean they're, they're very you know as we sort of speak they're, they're very close to to bringing in matt crooks from from rotherham incidentally he you know he's you know that, that attacking midfield option someone who covered he's, he's a big big unit Covers a hell of a lot of ground and gets on the end of things. He looks, you know, a, a little bit of a Neil Warnock, you know, type player. And I think that's a good, a good addition for, uh, for for Middlesbrough. It looks like that one will uh, will go through subject to a medical, which is going to happen, at, you know, towards the end of this week. Mm. That's that, I think that's a decent bit of business for, for for Borough. There was one or two in for in for Crooks. I know Ipswich were very public in their moves to get him, but. Had quite a few bids turned down, so that'll add an option. Crooks they've got it brought in Nick Pezu from Wickham. I still wonder if they might try and bring um, another forward. And I mean, interestingly, they've been linked with well, uh, well, all through the summer here with with Michael Smith. Who, I mean, him and him and Crooks were outstanding in in the in Rodham's win at, uh, at Butter at the start of the new year. They won three 0 and. And they were all over the, the Middlesbrough backline that day, and I wonder if part of Warnock thinks, um, can we get these two, you know, linked up together? Because there's obviously been a lot of speculation about about Smith. Quite a few clubs linked with him: Millwall, Bristol City. So we'll have to see how that one works out. But I think Crooks is is a pretty good signing. He's a good age at 27, covers a hell of a lot of ground. I mean, he wins a lot of the. I mean, Paul Warnock Rotherham is massive on fitness and you know endurance, running statistics, and 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 Crooks. Um, I think he's top of the pile in terms of the first team squad. There wins a lot of what the a lot of the challenges that uh, that are set up by him and the fitness team at Rotherham. So a, a good signing that one. Uh, but you know they need they need a few a few more in as as well, Borough. And you know I'm sure Neil will have something up his. Something up his his sleeve. He's he's got a, a vast contacts book, loads of you know you know contacts w- w- with agents, and I'm I'm sure that um, he'll have contingencies you know a, a across the pitch. But they're doing it a little bit more, I think, Borough. Hmm. 
yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what else uh, he, he'll do with regards to, uh, like you say, uh, up front and see how yeah, uh, he's going to improve the team in that yeah. respect. He's going to have to be quite canny because the money isn't, um, you know, they're like a lot of championship clubs, uh, Middlesbrough, they obviously had the spell in the Premier League about, was it about five or six years ago and the parachute money's run out. There's different financial realities now. We're coming off COVID in a year and a half without spectators. Um, a lot of clubs are having to, you know, cut the cloth and re- really box clever in the in the market. And Middlesbrough, are one of those. I mean, he's he is a supportive chairman. Is is Steve Gibson? But I'm not saying the wells run dry, but they they certainly haven't got the the, the resources that that they once had. And you know, they're having to realign in terms of the the budget and the wage bill. And that's probably something that the they're sort of able to do a little bit more now because, you know, obviously the end of last season, they had the likes of Ashley Fletcher who was on a big deal, who, who came in the season after, you know, Borough were, in the close season after we were relegated back to the Championship. He was signed with parachute money, bit of Sombolongo as well. So they were, you know, they were on big money Championship wages, you know, and obviously they've cleared those from the wage bill. Borough realigning. They've given Warnock probably given Warnock a budget. He could probably generate funds himself, but he's he's going to have to be quite clever and sharp with it. But he's proven himself to be a good operator in that regard. YorkshirePost.co.uk. Many thanks to Leon Wobshall, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshireposts.co.uk forward slash sport. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening. Look after yourselves and bye for now.